Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Death Nerve, a horror movie podcast. In this episode I talk to comedian, musician and writer Andrew O'Neill about the classic hammer horror Plague of the Zombies. Uh, Andrew recorded his audio of this uh, episode next to a river had just been in a swimming on a windy day, yet it's my side of the audio that sounds bad for some reason, so I don't know what, what happened there, but it, it's, it's, it's still listenable, don't worry. Andrew is one of my favourite comedians, uh, if you're listening to this in the future when live comedy is happening. Uh, you should definitely go and see him live. Um, in the meantime, Andrew's been doing lots of great stuff online, doing like shows virtually, doing some great stuff on YouTube. And he's also got a Patreon you can sign up to to get some more stuff. Um, yeah, so go and follow him in all the, all the usual places. Also recommend his book, Angelo Neal's History of Heavy Metal. It's a really funny, interesting and comprehensive look at heavy metal music. You should give it a read, and if, even if you're not into heavy metal, um, you'll still find something great in it. It's a really good book. Yeah, we had a lovely chat about Plague of the Zombies, um, Andrew's history with horror and how it's influenced his work, and loads of other stuff. It's a really good episode. So, uh, yeah, cheers. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So yeah, how I normally start is ask: Is it are you a horror horror fan? Are you a fan of horror films? I am. Um, yeah, I, I I was a massive horror fan, and then so I did a film studies degree, um, and so I, I sort of I I kind of overdosed on film. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Between the ages of eighteen and twenty-one, um, my yeah, I I guess I am a horror fan in that um, a huge number of my favourite films are horror films. Um, but I'm not a horror fan in that the vast majority of horror films I watch I tend not to like. In much the same, I have the same thing with thrash metal. I used to think I was a massive thrash fan. And then I listened to loads yeah, of yeah. bands. I realised, no, I just really, really like Metallica Slayer and mid-period Sepultura. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I, say, I say mid-period, it's now early-period Sepultura. But, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of my favourite, basically Hammer Horror and, and Associated um, Styles, are pretty much my favorite type of film uh so um you know like the wicker man um anything around that kind of um 50s 60s um if it's got christopher lee or peter cushing or michael ripper in it i'm pretty much sold um and uh and and that very much also kind of links to my love of doctor who that kind of genre um that sort of atmosphere and tone a slight element of of of, of restraint, um, a slight sort of um, the writing and weight of the acting making up for the budget. Um, that's the sort of tone I really, really, really like. I mean, also, you know, I love um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the The Exorcist. I suppose, kind of, sort of, quite mainstream, but I like I've got, I've got sort of. I don't particularly like trashy horror. I don't particularly like, you know, Friday the 13th part 47. Um, <laughs> you know, I sort of like, yeah, I, I, but then I do, you know, I, I, I like, but I do like kind of, I like, I think that's weird. I like cheesy sci-fi, but I don't like cheesy horror. I just, I just realized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. Like, there is something definitely like evocative about those, like uh, that sort of, 60s 70s british sci-fi and horror there's some there's a certain type of atmosphere it has isn't it absolutely and it's and it's it's unmistakable and it's and it's very rare to find it in anything else 
Um, and I and I sort of later came to realise as I did more reading and research around Hammer, but that an awful lot of it was because the the producers weren't allowed to make the films they really wanted to make. They wanted to make <laughs> schlocky sort of um, exploitation films with tons of blood and loads of tits, and this, the 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 censors wouldn't let them, and so they end up being much more about atmosphere and tone and 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 what's not shown um than what is and then when they get into the sort of like that kind of the ralph Bates mid seventh early to mid 70s era is when i switch off um with with some exceptions and i think actually playing the zombies that we're talking about is is actually that and the, and the devil rides out are, are an exception towards the late the mid to late 60s when hammer was getting a lot more exploitative because they were being forced to make fewer and fewer cuts yeah yeah i i quite like i'm not a hammer is not my area of expertise i'm more into the trashy fight of the film sequels yeah, that you, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. you mentioned that's my sort of thing but i've recently like been getting into the the hammer stuff um but it was like the sound up the, the like early 70s mid 70s stuff i really like dracula ad 1972 i love that yeah film. yeah yeah there, there, <laughs> it's so there silly, is there's something so the, the the modern Dracula ones, um, they for me they kind of like then they spill into something else, which is um and, and to the devil of daughter I really like, but that's got there, there's a seventies British bleakness that I really, really dig that they start to kind of um dig into um in in a way that the um the later frankenstein and draculas don't really uh, and the sort of the, the victorian era uh draculas don't really do there's something about the there's something about british culture in the 70s that is like unpleasant <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 it even like i mean you know like to the devil of daughter is it is it is it, is, it, is a deeply unpleasant film and it it it's trying to get into that kind of Rosemary's Baby sort of area, but it it doesn't manage it because it's British and because it's there's a, there's a there's a seediness to it. I think British culture, all the stuff that led to punk, basically, a, a kind of deep malaise after the after the sixties, um, which is what produces Black Sabbath and 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 you know later Deep Purple and all that kind. You know, but the the that it's like the the. The, acid, the bad acid trip kind of flip side to the hippie thing and and with the economic depression and all that sort of stuff Britain just turned into a fucking horrible place right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look at like any film that's set in like contemporary um, uh, Britain in the, in the 70s is is like even if they're trying to be kind of happy there's something unpleasant about it there's something it's like I've been watching 40 Towers recently and there's just something about the clothes and the and the the atmosphere of it that I don't know. I find it I find it really evocative in a, in, a, in a kind of completely different way to the, to the particularly the fifties Hammer. But yeah, it's, I, yeah. Know, I suppose I'm, a, I'm a, I, I guess I'm a kind of British culture nerd. I suppose that's a, the other yeah. thing that sort of um, that ties all that together is is you know like I I absolutely no, completely mental about about old school Doctor Who. Um, and yeah, and and Hammer, Hammer does that for me as well. Yeah, like I said, there is something about that film, as you say, about the sort of seventies British stuff. There is definitely like a grimy sort of like feel to a lot of it. Like I quite like uh, Deathline. Do you know that film? The, um, no, I don't. That's a good one. It's um, Donald Pleasance in it, and it's um, sort of it's about like a cannibal in the uh, tube lines, 
right like hunt, hunting people and it's, i have uh, heard of that that's, that's yeah. wrong that yeah it's, wrong it's also called raw meat i think it's got also it was released in america as raw meat so i think some like versions of it are called that yeah it's very good but it's got that grimy uh grimy feel and donald pleasance is absolutely amazing in it like he's so good he's got he's got such a such a kind of un, uncanny weight to him there's a there's something about him in a film that that, that definitely does that. I just I just watched a film called Villain, um, which is um, Richard Burton playing a kind of amalgamation of the Cray twins, and I think it's 1971. It was a, there was a I just read a long interview with Matthew Holness, um, whose stuff I really 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 love. Oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Possum is a yeah, that's a harrowing film. <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> it's absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, there's a really, there's a really, really good interview um, with him that's up on the moment. If you go onto his Twitter account, he links to it, and he talks about all this seventies um, kind of JG Ballard sort of stuff. He he made a film called A Gun for George, which is yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant. And 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 he's saying like his kind of influence. There was Get Carter, but then also um, this film Villain, and it really, it, it again, it's got that that unmistakable seventies depressed <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. going on to it um and ha- yeah and and the, the tail end of hammer definitely kind of hits that but the but the period we're talking about the plague of the zombies 1966 is like um i mean my my girlfriend mentioned this i was experimenting with my hair the other day she said i should do a hammer beehive and i didn't it's something <laughs> that because she's far more stylish than i am I never really noticed that, that most of the women in Hammer films have beehive hairdos, which is not distinctly not a Victorian <laughs> <Yeah>. hairstyle. <laughs> and that wonderful, that wonderful thing when, like, when my parents watch Hammer films, I mean, they go, oh, "Look at him wearing that coat," and you know, I'm like, I would never notice that. That's a really distinctively mm. '60s style of coat. Yeah, they, yeah, that's that wonderful thing where where um, uh, period films are a document of the time they're made in far more than they're a document of the of the time they're supposed to represent yeah so the devil, the, the devil rides out supposed to be 20s but f- you, you can absolutely feel the the 60s occult the late 60s early 70s british occult revival dripping off it um yeah and i think plague of the zombies as well you know the the this it it looks really really 60s yeah definitely yeah um, so yeah, you chose uh, Plague of the Zombies to talk about. Why, why Plague of the Zombies? What was that film in particular? That it, it really, for me, it really does an awful lot of the things that I like in Hammer. Um, but kind of without being, without. But also, it's it's you know, it's it's not um, choosing. I suppose the sort the, the the slightly more obvious ones that I think have been sort of discussed to death. Um, it does atmosphere incredibly well in a few different ways. The, the, the first is being, I mean, the classic thing being um, the, uh, the dream sequence in which um, our, uh, our, our beleaguered doctor um, is in a graveyard and zombies come up from the ground in the first, the first depiction of that in any film. Um, and, and it's just done so well. It looks beautiful. It's shot really, yeah. really gorgeously. The, the direction of the film is really, really cool and really sort of stylish. Um, a little bit more stylish and less restrained than the 50s stuff. But it also does 
the thing that I like more than just about anything else in anything, which is a man being annoyed at nothing in particular. Now, this entirely stems from my love of John Pertwee era Doctor Who, where the third Doctor <laughs> is is really, really pissed off at the fact that he's exiled to Earth. Um, and so he is, he is absolutely unreasonable to everyone for about the first three and a half seasons. Um, and it's something, there's, there's, there's a film called um, um, The Night of the Big Heat, which is um, a, a sci-fi film um, with Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee. It's not a hammer. Um, it's, what is it? it's lion films or island films. Um, mm. And um, and he plays this character who for the first half of the film is supposed to be a mystery and also supposed to be really cantankerous. So he waits <laughs> for a parcel for a second before going, well, come on, give it to me. Um, <laughs> at, the beginning, at the beginning of playing the zombies, um, Andre Morel, who played quite a mass, um, is is <laughs> completely unreasonable. He plays a, this grumpy doctor, and his daughter comes in and goes, um, "Oh, there's 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 post for your father." And he goes, "Look, this one's from Cornwall." And he goes, "I don't know anyone from Cornwall. Throw it away." <laughs> <laughs> there's, and it, there's no reason whatsoever why he should be that grumpy about getting yeah, yeah. from Cornwall. <laughs> and, and he sort of, you know, for the he, he's sort of grumping at his daughter in this really kind of beautiful way. They've obviously got a really good relationship. Um, and then slowly he realizes something's seriously wrong and he becomes the kind of moral weight of the film. And he becomes a sort of steel behind the, uh, the narrative of finding out what's going wrong. Um, it's also got Michael Ripper in it, and Michael Ripper is brilliant in everything. Um, um, but in this one, Michael Ripper, like quite rarely for him, because he normally plays like the barman or the grave digger. Um, but in this one, he plays a policeman, and him in that role, he he just carries a lot of weight. He's he 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 really sort of steps up to the absolutely solid like rock solid bastion of 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 law and order but in a way that's very reasonable most hammer the 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 law you know in all the frankenstein films the law are completely corrupt um Mm. but in this he's got again there's a sort of like there's a real moral weight to this film which is kind of it's kind of rare towards the end of uh, hammer's era um and then it's and then it's just you know it's it's beautifully shot the music is again like really kind of hammer typical um and it just yeah it ticks it ticks all the boxes and it's got zombies in it yeah yeah it's uh it's an interesting one because it is um it's only a couple of years before like night of the living dead came out and sort of changed how zombies were like shown in films forever really yeah um yeah going from like, from the the, the Haitian, um uh, sort of aspect of it, you know, the, the kind of um, white zombie and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, with with let's let's be you know let's be absolutely frank, massively racist overtones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you know is it's it's a form of exploitation cinema, isn't it? The, 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 mm. the early kind of zombie film, um, and then Night of the Living Dead comes along and has a um, you know a, a, an anti-racist sort of uh, subtext to it. Um, I, but yeah, it's. Um, it's in, it's 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 on the crux because it's the first it's the first film that has the the dead are coming out of their graves. It's slightly mm. frustrating that they're not actually coming out of their graves. He just dreams it. Yeah, yeah, because that scene is particularly good as well, and it is a bit like oh, what it's a decapitation and everything, and then it uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a dream. Yeah, totally. oh. <laughs> it's that it's, it's really it's it's something that's it's so iconic. Like I mean, I remember 
as a kid watching um, a Thriller. That was one of the first horror films that I dug. Um, and there is this, this, there's something just beautiful about zombies coming. I mean, you, you yeah. really would need to be strong to get the lid off. Yeah, then when zombies are around, they don't seem particularly strong. They seem quite shambolic, but they, uh, yeah, they managed to burst out six from six feet under, yeah. It's lazy grave diggers, which is the band we need to form. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that is a yeah, that's a brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, you're obviously like people saying about thrash, but you're obviously like a a big heavy metal fan. You uh, literally wrote the book on heavy metal. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think like horror films and heavy metal is so intertwined? Why do you think there's such a connection between the two? Outsider art, mate. That's what it is. It's oh, outside, yeah. It's outsider art, and it's. It's a form of it's a form of artistic expression that is is generally misunderstood um, or maligned or ignored by the mainstream. But basically, everybody fundamentally loves it. Like, <laughs> it, like everyone likes at least one song with a strong guitar riff in it. Everyone likes at least a couple of horror films, um, and it's the sort of thing that that passes in and out of fashion and and there are certain aspects of both horror and heavy metal that pass in and out of mainstream um cultural acceptance uh, and in the meantime there are creators who who are doing it for no money who are doing it fully underground who are doing it they're making the art that they would themselves want to see and there aren't that many you know expressions that that, that are so kind of financially unrewarding um and and so full of of that much passion you know i think they and they go they absolutely go hand in hand and also there's the the inspiration and the i suppose the sort of um uh, the kind of crossover of of influence um you know black sabbath obviously are named yeah. after the film black yeah, sabbath yeah, yeah. um they are you know they 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 loved horror and they want, you know, they they wanted to make a band that felt like a horror film, um, which is which is the difference between them and Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin. That's what makes them heavy metal. Whereas yeah. the other, they wanted to make a band that sounded scary, which is completely yeah. beautiful. And yeah, then, I mean the song Black Sabbath is such like a statement of intent, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The way that sounds is so different to anything, and and yeah. really effective at that. Yeah, it's like it's 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 genuinely genuinely affecting scary song yeah. and and then you and, and and then as as metal evolves you've you've and 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 horror evolves along the you know you've got like the um sort of thrash metal has a sort of john carpenter kind of vibe to it to me yeah, um, yeah. and then you and then sort of death metal you've got you know the full-on sort of video nasty influence um and and it 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 really does seem to sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. Um, what came first for you? Your love of metal or the love of like horror films when you were younger? What was like the your first experiences with either? What was like? I suppose it was horror. I mean, I th I, I think I probably watched um, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and I'm trying to remember what the first the first few horror films I saw. Um, my mate John was into my mate John. My mate John's dad was really into Hammer and and sort of got John into it. So they were around when we were kind of around ten or eleven. Um, we were sort of watching bits and pieces tapes off the telly, listening to the Pit and the Pendulum on on tape, yeah. um, reading James Herbert and Stephen King, 
and then kind of act starting to access um the horror you know like my brothers had and that sort of thing so so yeah mm. it, it, it would have been horror first but i think metal probably uh, i don't know tantalized and, and stimulated the same areas of my brain something that kind of felt a bit forbidden something that felt a bit sort of too grown up for me um something yeah, yeah. maybe a bit maybe a bit extreme um and when you know when i was i did the same thing with metal that i did with with horror where um with metal you want heavier and heavier things and and with metal with 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 horror you want more and more extreme things so when i was studying film i mean my, i did I, I was lucky in that um uh, so i started university in 1998 um and my course could license stuff that was burned so we had we watched the texas chainsaw massacre before it was licensed again oh yeah yeah um we had a clockwork orange um and um but then i was sort of watching stuff like that i mean i i, I loved and still love texas chainsaw massacre so much and and so, to me so few films do quite what that film does um mm. i remember watching it in in what was the abc cinema on shaftesbury avenue um uh, when it was it was given a local Westminster X license, that's the only time I've been to see oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'd already seen it, um, and and fully fell in love with it, um, with the atmosphere and and the relentlessness of the the final act. Um, and it was really funny watching it with um, a general audience um, who were laughing to for most yeah, of it. And yeah, there yeah. is that thing where horror and comedy so sort of combined um and and people if people basically disavow their nervousness by laughing um and the laughter beautifully stopped <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. because even in whatever film whatever year that was 99 when when these audience sort of th- they feel they're somehow better than that film they even they were yeah. like oh she won't stop screaming and everybody walked out of that cinema completely silent it was beautiful yeah um but then i was like trying to get heavier and heavier and so i tracked down some some banned films there was a guy in camden who now runs a punk record shop but he used to um he used to sell um sort of banned films literally under a under he had a box under his coat and if you went in there and said the right name alex from leech woman sent me and he's like all right he takes his his coat off a box of vhs tapes so then then i got um uh the men behind the sun um and guinea pig oh yeah yeah and and that was sort of like you know guinea pig is the most unpleasant time i've ever had watching anything um, i can imagine yeah i've never seen it myself but I've, I've read about it and seen like bits and pieces of, there's a whole series of them in there and again yeah the idea doesn't appeal but i sort of i like, get the, the fascination you know like, and I, I wanted to i kind of wanted to push myself to watch to watch you know i just i asked loads of people what's the most extreme thing you've ever seen um and then yeah alex it was this guy who's in a, a noise band called leech woman um, it's like right, go and get, get Men Behind the Sun, which I'd already heard about, which is a film about um, um, uh, Japanese atrocities um, committed uh, in China in World War Two, and they use real corpses. Oh, yeah, um, and it's—I mean, it's, you know—it's—it's it's incredible. It's the most—that's the most brutal narrative film I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and then Guinea Pig isn't doesn't have a narrative it's just two guys talking yeah. to a woman um and it's hard, and it's just it is 
and then and then I kind of got and that was actually around the time when the sort of like um torture porn stuff started kind of you know sore and all that and I from that point I basically changed my the way I consume things like that because I sort of having I've seen that now and for me if a film's exploitative without being without kind of having a point I don't particularly yeah. like it so if a film's yeah. telling me if a film's like showing me the brutality of something that really happened or or if it's making me feel something for a reason then I can kind of dig it but if it's just let's see how gross we can get I just, I'm just no longer interested, and and no judgment on anyone that is, because there's all sorts of culture I consume that possibly doesn't have any, yeah, yeah, yeah. any weight to it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that was kind of my journey, and then and then I sort of and then pretty much after that, then looped back round into where we are, what we're sort of discussing here, which is the, which is films with atmosphere and films that that, you know, I. I I, I like a film <laughs> that can, you know, I suppose sort of uh, romance me into a into a feeling, rather than yeah, just go. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think romance is such a good word, especially when it comes to like the uh, the Hammer stuff. It's got that. It's definitely like a, roman- a romanticism to it, isn't there? There's something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Almost aspirational and, about it. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like you, you quite like to live in that world. It, it looks it's true. Beautiful. It's true. And then, yeah. and even for, you know, films like um, I mean, some Bram Stoker's Dracula would be a good example of of a film that's it's really, really beautiful. Um, and yeah, and I mean, you've got kind of stuff like Dargento, I suppose, that, that does it to a degree. Although I don't, I just never really got on with that sort of. Oh, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Italian sort of like. Well, maybe stuff. you know, yeah. maybe maybe I need to actually listen to your podcast and, and unlock it a bit. But um, but yeah. It, yeah, but there is something about um, and um, oh, what's his name? The uh, Pan's Labyrinth Mexican director. Oh, uh, Del Toro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think I, I really do like that sort of, I suppose, kind of fairy tale atmosphere. Yeah. Um. You know, but um, I mean, we you know, like uh, there's something about that atmosphere that I've I've incorporated in my own stuff. Like um, I did a show a few years ago called Andrew O'Neill's Easily Distracted. Um, and the in that show, um, I had a point where I stopped. So basically what I wanted to do was a comedy show that had a, something that was disturbing and also at the same time reliably funny um and so i had a bit where i would pause in the middle of the show and lean into someone in the front row and there would be this, like this really loud sound of like a swarm of flies <laughs> and then i and then i just keep going and the sound would go and it would be a nice non circuit and then the second time i did it um someone came on from the back dressed all in black with a with a hood on um like a wraith and would kind of stand <laughs> behind me and then you end up there's two of them and people found it really disturbing and really and <laughs> happily really funny. That yeah. sort of that's something I've I've chased quite a bit with with comedy and with with the sort of music I do as well. Yeah, well, I was going I was going to ask about your uh, the comedy and music that you do with how horror has affected it. I think you're um like with the, you were saying about your comedy shows um like is like with uh, the bands your band oh I've got my the men. Many, the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Yeah. It. I always get it wrong. That's the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> so did we for the first like, couple of years. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it um, that's a Jack the Ripper thing, right? The um, yeah. yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. So, uh, um, well, From Hell is is my favourite book I've ever read. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, I really, really, really love Alan Moore. And I, I did a show a few years ago called, called Winston Churchill Was Jack the Ripper, um, yeah. in which I proved that beyond any doubt. Um, and, and yeah, so there, there has been, a, and, and with the men, I mean, we've got, a, we've got a song called This House Is Not Haunted, um, which is uh, a song about how the house is definitely haunted. Um, and, and we made, a, horror, we made a, a video for it, which is a horror film. And my friend um, Tom Deville, who I is my co-writer on a sitcom we're trying to make, uh, yeah. So uh, we made a we made a short horror film for that, um, which is really good. And and as my my niece will tell you, genuinely disturbing. Um, yeah. But I suppose it's it's funny as you as as you know you sort of start the podcast with are you a horror fan and I'm like yeah pretty much and then oh yeah literally every aspect of my creative expression is influenced by horror so <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah it's it's no it, it's quite it's quite an interesting sort of revelation to talk about horror more generally and kind of go actually it's consistently a theme throughout my entire life <laughs> yeah um, and it's um it's funny actually so I I've um, taken over the raising of my ten year old niece and. Um, <laughs> It's interesting with her sort of like I got her to watch um, the the music video we made, which is pretty full on at times. And she sort of she was quite disturbed by it. But then I, I sort yeah. of said, but look, we, I said, we made it. That's me. You know, it's it's kind of made up. And then I like, kind of watch it again. Um, but Lyra is really drawn like I was at her age to like I bought her that reissue of the Usborne Ghosts book. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And and which she which she really loved and then asked me if I could take it out of her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's 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 interesting with her sort of seeing how how she's drawn to the same sort of things and then also kind of trying to work out what it is what level she can so like she she's fascinated with the alien films hasn't seen them obviously but yeah um, but you know she's like sort of like it getting me to explain to her again and again the chestburster scene because <laughs> she's sort of tantalized by it you know so it's yeah, yeah i, I, I sort of understand that though i think you especially at a certain age you have that you start getting that fascination with like gore and uh, death yeah and yeah, yeah other other worldly things strange things yeah for sure absolutely it's you know mm. and it's it's part of life and i think i think we you know we're, we're out of out of the entirety of human existence we're we're maybe only a hundred years into you know not being very close to death all the time not seeing dead mm. bodies all the time not not seeing <laughs> executions and and war and you know, yeah yeah all that sort of stuff and so we we replicate it because humans are completely fucked and need to <laughs> see things like that yeah i mean they all like and they always say that the different eras of horror reflect um the sort of what the sort of zeitgeist of the time um, like so they say a lot of the 70s horror was really reflective of the sort of footage that was coming back from vietnam you look at um, yeah, stuff yeah. like last house on the left and that sort of thing where it was quite gruesome but real yeah um yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And that kind of, yeah. The real sort of and the body horror of the eighties that reflects things like the AIDS scare and, and yeah, you know all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's 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 absolutely and yeah. And as they, it, the torture porn sort of hostile saw sort of films is like it's just quite like about the whole torture in Iraq and the war in Iraq and things. It's sort of yeah like reflective we're, of that, isn't it? And that that feeling that feeling that we're complicit in these things, so therefore we need to expose ourselves to it in some way mm. the, yeah, the, yeah. Know, as, as, as it is our it's our society that's going out and doing these things in our name so therefore we need to masochistically ex, you know experience it i mean that, that that's yeah. a whole 
that's a whole that's a whole other podcast we should do about the um, <laughs> yeah. um, um the, the the masochistic versus sadistic um point of view in horror where mm. are you doing this to make yourself feel bad or are you doing this to make yourself feel powerful it's <laughs> yeah yeah it's an interesting thing and that the whole like why people love horror like i again, obviously love horror films but i'm so squeamish in real life you know i can't i can't handle <laughs> a bit you know but i watch these gruesome horrible images um on in like gory italian horror movies but yeah. anything you know a drop of blood in real life i'll turn white you know i can't hack it yeah. that's amazing that's, see i'm the opposite because i you know i, oh, I yeah. have a constant stream of of, uh, of murders behind me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you get used to it after a while don't you, you know oh no don't put that in uh, <laughs> it's fun but yeah it was a really good chat yeah awesome yeah really appreciate it thank you very right, much man.